Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante, imagination, innovation, science in action. Napa County has approved its first micro winery. Duram Goel and Mitro Frangros of St. Louis, Missouri won a green light to produce up to 5,000 gallons a year in a renovated barn in Carneros. The proposed Goel Estate Winery was approved under an ordinance passed in 2022 that established a new micro winery category. The new ordinance was put into place to streamline the winery review process for very small wine producers. The parcel features about 14 acres of planted vineyards on about 20 acres, a residence, and a barn built in 1978, according to the application. The property is on well water. Goel and Frank Gross plan to convert the existing 7,000 square foot metal barn once used to grow mushrooms into a winery and tasting room and crush pad according to the proposal. The winery and tasting room is expected to occupy about 5,000 square feet and a cover crush pad another 2,000 square feet. Under its use permit, Goel Estate can employ up to three employees and host up to 10 daily visitors by appointment only. The plans also include a six-car parking lot. One stall will be equipped with an electric vehicle charging station. Planned improvements include the installation of a new wastewater treatment system and an above-ground water storage tank. Napa County's micro-winery rules were designed for wineries producing up to 5,000 gallons of wine a year. Under the rules, the wineries must produce at least 201 gallons of wine on site, and at least 75% of the grapes must come from either the property or any contiguous site under the same ownership. The owners must maintain production records with the source of their fruit. Recognizing nearly all avocado purchasers are aware, engaged, and concerned about environmental and social issues, the Haas Avocado Board is advancing on telling the industry's sustainability story. Recognizing nearly all avocado purchasers are aware, engaged, and concerned about environmental and social issues, the Haas Avocado Board is advancing on telling the industry's sustainability story. The Avocado Sustainability Commitment Healthy Food, Healthy People, Healthy Planet webinar is available at haasavocadoboard.com front slash webinar. It is an on-demand webinar for an update on consumer research conducted to date and how key findings are giving shape to the Avocado Sustainability Center, a newly launched resource with a vision to become the premier provider of sustainability research data and information for the industry. The webinar discussion reviews the important groundwork guiding the creation and evolving role of the Avocado Sustainability Center, including insights on significant upsides and downsides facing the industry related to sustainability issues. 
Members of the industry are invited to learn how the Avocado Sustainability Center will focus on building a central source of information that can empower stakeholders to better understand the challenges as well as opportunities to leave a lasting positive impact on people and planet for generations to come. It is the final installment of the board's 2023 webinar series. The full lineup of episodes from this year is easy to access and available on demand to support members in making better business decisions and driving category growth more effectively. For more information, log on to the Haas Avocado Board website. Agrology and Braga Fresh are joint recipients of the annual Science and Technology Circle of Excellence Award at the International Fresh Produce Association's Global Produce and Floral Show that was held recently in Anaheim. With this award, each year the IFPA recognizes changemakers for their contributions and accomplishments in the produce and floral industries that advance the industry through innovation, collaboration, and superior leadership. Braga Fresh and Agrology were honored as a result of the work they did to monitor, measure, and quantify soil carbon flux and soil respiration, key indicators of soil, microbiome, health, and activity. In the fall of 2022, Braga Fresh was the first grower to install the Agrology's Arbiter Carbon Monitoring System, the first ever continuous soil carbon monitoring system on their regenerative crop trials. Since installing Arbiter, Braga Fresh has been able to track their infield carbon footprint and soil health, as well as drive farm management decisions and improve the environmental impact of their regenerative farming practices. The team at Braga Fresh implements cutting edge regenerative farming experiments and agrology has enabled them to measure the impact of these practices on soil health and carbon stocks in real time which allows them to continuously iterate and improve on their regenerative program in addition agrology also monitors soil moisture irrigation events and a variety of other climate data points to help braga understand what's happening in their fields The export season for California grapes could soon be wrapping up. So far, they've been able to get what they need, but their volume is significantly down. They're not out looking for as much fruit as they've had in the past, according to Brandon Rupert of Cohen Produce Marketing. This season, Cohen Produce is shipping grapes out of California to the Philippines. And because of limited supplies and the conditions of the grapes, he has opted to not ship to other export markets, including Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, and Indonesia. The shorter grape supply comes post-Hurricane Hillary in August, The storm kind of took a lot of people off guard when the forecast started coming in. He says he thinks growers realized they were in harm's way, so they picked a lot of fruit right before to have it in storage. Then it took a week or two after that to start to feel the immediate crunch, and it's been tough since then, he says. A month or two ago, the season looked pretty bleak and people were wanting to finish a lot sooner. However, things have worked out in that the varieties that were hurt, most were what was ready to pick. So the late hanging grapes still had plenty of time to react and be in good condition. That's what they're looking at now. Fruit that people didn't think they were going to have is turning out to be fine, so they were able to extend the season as long as they could. Historically, Rupert doesn't handle direct imports. However, post-California season, customers are asking the company to source imports from other growing countries, so it's moving into a strategy change towards handling imports. On varieties, Cohan produces shipping good supplies of Red Globes, Autumn Royal Black Seedless, as well as Allison and Timco Red Seedless, though the latter variety is winding down rapidly. On green grapes, it has Autumn King, though that will also finish within days. He says it's getting late for them and a tough season has made it time to quit. As for demand on exports, it's at an all-time low given a supply situation. Rupert notes that he will be loading two to three containers a week, and now is when he usually starts loading six to eight containers a week for holiday business overseas, and instead is loading next to nothing. What is moving through and is seeing stronger pricing because of demand in the U.S. for California grapes is strong. 
strong. Supply is low, so they're able to get record-breaking prices for seedless varieties at this time of the year that aren't priced like that normally. On black grapes and red grapes, they are pretty steady from where they would be in a normal year. He has not been able to buy any red seedless for overseas because his customers have told him the pricing is too high. All of this is leaving a California grape industry mulling over new possibilities for the future. In discussions he's had, he says he's realized that in seasons where they were trying to get 120 million boxes of grapes, it's actually harming the industry because customers have told him that pricing is too high. You really have to stick with it for several years, not only to see the benefits in the soil and in your system, but also just to work out the kinks of how to do it in your particular operation. Yes, even these experienced growers, they don't, it's not all perfect. They don't have it all down so that if you as a new grower wanting to grow cover crops for the first time, if you find you're having problems, well, these experienced growers have problems too, but they're working out over time how to deal with those. Sonia Broth with the UC Sustainable Agriculture Research and Education Program, which just released its California Cover Crops Resource Online Database, which provides access to direct experiences and accounts generated from interviews with over 50 orchard and vineyard managers who richly describe their cropping system, farm priorities, and cover cropping goals and strategies. One of the goals was to consolidate and have one place where you can find a lot of these things and link to other sites and so on. Um, But then we also do have some totally new and original uh, resources that we created um, on a project in the last two years or so that are on there as well. And like you mentioned, one of those is the expert cover crop grower database. And um, this was actually created through a project that was focused on the North Coast uh, vineyard or North Coast viticulture region and also the Sacramento Valley viticulture and orchard crops area. And we have um, we'd like to expand it to other parts of California eventually. But for now, it's focused on those areas and it has um, approximately 50 or so growers who are all they were all chosen to be very experienced in growing cover crops um, within these perennial cropping systems and um, the the database uh, kind of covers so there's a lot of academic or more like extension resources out there that tell you kind of what species to plant and when to plant them and so on but there's still a lot of missing information when it comes to actually anybody's specific farm. How do you really do it? Um, And how do you take into account your other farming operations and all of those details? And so that's what we wanted to get in this database. We did these detailed interviews with these growers and asked them very specifically, like, what exact time have you planted cover crops? And how did that go? Was that good timing? Was it bad timing? Do you want to do it some other time later? Um, And then we asked them all of their operations during the cover cropping season, um, how they manage those cover crops, what kind of equipment they use, and then how they terminate the cover crops if they do that or what they do at the end of the season. And we also really specifically asked about challenges with cover cropping as well as the benefits that they find that they get from it. And that's part of the searchable part, like it's not just these um, 
narrative profiles written up for you. You have to read through all of them. You can actually search on exactly what you want. If you have trouble with, you're worried about water use and cover crops, or if you're worried about pest issues and cover crops, you can search on those terms and then find those growers in the database who actually addressed those and said, well, this is how I deal with these problems. You know, and in some cases there weren't answers because there are some unanswered issues still out there that need further research. But in a lot of cases, people offered really uh, practical workarounds and ways to deal with common cover cropping issues. And so that was one of the big goals in that database to really capture those and make them easy to find. The grower experience has not only included success with cover crops, but also fluctuations. Broadside collaborators felt it was important to include both sides of the story when it comes to growing a cover crop. It's not a short-term fix for soil or water issues in orchards or vineyards. It's an investment. We have found over the years and, and my colleagues working on different research projects with growers that a lot of people start cover cropping. They try it for a year or two and then something or other doesn't go well and then they don't come back to it. And one of the things we really found with these experienced growers is a lot of them really, this theme kept coming up that they would say, you really have to stick with it for several years, not only to see the benefits in the soil and in your system, but also just to work out the kinks of how to do it in your particular operation. And so we wanted to show people that, yes, even these experienced growers, they don't, it's not all perfect. They don't have it all down. So that if you as a new grower wanting to grow cover crops for the first time, if you find you're having problems, well, these experienced growers have problems too, but they're working out over time how to deal with those. And so we and we were happy that people were very upfront about those issues that they face um, so that we can kind of really be transparent about here's really how to deal with this. And it's not all just fun and games all the time, but over the long run, you will see definite benefits. That was the message that kept coming out time and again. In addition to the database, the website provides numerous other resources, including species databases and links to cover crop selection tools, short summaries of scientific research results on the ecosystem benefits and management considerations for cover cropping, as well as links to funding sources and other guides and publications. What we did is we also um, took particular topics and like nematode management with cover crops and irrigation and water issues with cover crops. And we, we brought in the most recent science-based knowledge. So a lot of my colleagues who are actively doing research on these topics, we brought that in and we have these little write-ups that one can read um, pretty short, but they combine, here's what the growers say, and then here's what the science says about it. So, so we have both sides of it addressing these issues um, and, and saying also, where is the science going and what else is needing to be researched? So I really wanted to highlight that. But yes, like you also mentioned, there are um, some links to cover crop selection tools. Um, some of those are from other parts of the country. I can put in a little plug that some of my colleagues are working with the Western Cover Crops Council to create a new cover crop species selection tool based for California and the West. Um, that's not ready yet, but as soon as it is, we'll also be linking to that on this website. 
Um, and in the meantime, there are other tools available. Um, and then we also have something exper totally experimental on there. Um, it's looking at native species, native California species as potential cover cropping material. And this is just very um, speculative. I don't want to say, you know, we're giving recommendations necessarily to grow these species, but if anybody out there is interested in experimenting or even doing little trials with these species, I'd sure be interested to hear about that because uh, we're trying to also think about how to get more native species back into our agricultural systems to help with the ecosystem benefits and the pollinator benefits and all of that. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Jolstrom. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture, a better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humic Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. Members of the Urban Agriculture and Innovative Production Advisory Committee will meet this month. This is the committee's seventh meeting and is scheduled for November 29th. The 2018 Farm Bill directed USDA to create the committee to advise the Agriculture Secretary on developing policies and outreach relating to urban, indoor, and other emerging agricultural production practices, as well as identify any barriers to urban agriculture. The committee is one of several ways that USDA is extending support and building frameworks to support urban agriculture, including issues of equity, climate resilience, and nutrition access. Twelve members are appointed to the committee for one to three-year terms by the USDA Secretary of Agriculture. The members represent a diverse set of expertise, including urban production, innovative production, higher education, nonprofit, finance, business, and economic development, supply chain, and other areas related to urban, indoor, and other emerging agriculture production practices. The public is invited to attend virtually by registering on the USA website. USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack announced that the White House is investing more than $5 billion throughout rural America. He says it's a chance to bring more opportunities into the rural economy. This really does constitute an historic opportunity, an historic level of investment in a new economic opportunity for rural America. Vilsack talks about where some of the funds will be invested. The president will announce a $1.7 billion investment in conservation. It's the single largest investment in any one year of conservation in the history of our conservation programs. And the package that the president will announce will also include $145 million of investments in renewable energy for America projects. This is similar to the investments that will also be announced by the president in the Higher Blend Infrastructure Program. He also says $1.1 billion will go into updating rural America's infrastructure. $2 billion will help to support increased rural economic development. And $274 million will go towards expanding rural high-speed Internet infrastructure. And the Department of Agriculture has opened registration for the 100th Annual Agricultural Outlook Forum. It's called Cultivating the Future, and the event will be held in person at the Crystal City Gateway Marriott in Arlington, Virginia, February 15th and 16th. 
All forum sessions will be live streamed on a virtual platform. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says as they reflect on a century of agricultural progress, they're not just celebrating their achievements, they're also preparing for an even better future. USA's Agricultural Outlook Forum began in 1923 as a way to disseminate USDA data and analysis to farmers so they had the tools to understand markets and make informed production decisions. Over time, the event has evolved into a unique platform where key stakeholders from the agricultural sector in the United States and around the world come together every year to discuss current and emerging topics and trends in the sector. For more information, visit the Agricultural Outlook Forum website. The Crop Life America Board of Directors is opening a search for the organization's next president and chief executive officer. Crop Life America is the national trade association representing the manufacturers, formulators, and distributors of plant science solutions for agriculture and pest management in the United States. The president and CEO will be important in maintaining and enhancing existing member relationships. The new CEO will replace outgoing CEO Chris Novak. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.